Hello, 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 guys. How are you today? This is Amy. This Yes. And we are um, speaking of murder. Um, welcome back. We have a very brand new episode, and it is lengthy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Super lengthy. However, um, fascinating, and of course, um, we would not disappoint because we have lots to go over today. Um we're not going to really talk too much uh, politics in the beginning because we need to get all this informational stuff out. Politics. Like where we talk about random oh, like shit what, happening. Oh, okay. okay. I was like, the fuck you mean politics? She you doesn't know what's politics. happening. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Um, so today we are actually doing uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Da, da, da. Yes. Okay. So... Um, Jeffrey Dahmer is obviously if you if you don't know then you've been living under a rock um, whole life. Yeah, so his name his actual name is Jeffrey Lionel Dahmer and he was born May 21st, 1960 um and he died excuse me, he died November 28th, 1994. Um so that's all I'm going to say pre whoever's whistling is going to get like beat. There's a random child whistling with one of those stupid straws, and they know we're podcasting. They suck. Anyways, okay. Bullshit. So, <laughs> we're going to start with, um, you know, backstories matter. Uh, of course, like always, um, we always do a backstory, and this is no different. There's just a lot more to cover, So, um, but his backstory is really important, I think, don't you? Oh, yeah. Okay, so... I'm going to be switching through a bunch of different sites. Um, and I we actually have, like, some sound clips, too. Um, so, Jeffrey Dahmer was born at the Evangelical Deaconess <coughs> Hospital in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, um, like I said, on May 21st, 1960. He was the first of two sons that were born to... Born? Born? <laughs> I'm already fucking up, guys. Uh, born to Joyce Annette... Um, Flint and Lionel Herbert Dahmer. So Dahmer's mother worked as a teletype machine instructor and his father was actually a student at uh, Marquette University working towards a degree in chemistry, which is pretty fucking like ambitious. Oh yeah. Like if you can go and be a chemist, like fucking do that. You'd be making bank if you yeah. did. So his father was um was German and Welsh. I don't know what Welsh is, but whatever. His mom was Norwegian and Irish. So, apparent. Okay, so here's the thing. And I listened to um, probably in my lifetime. Um, oh, okay. Oh, that's cool. So, I guess Welsh are people that live in Wales. Um, but I listened to a ton of documentaries over the course of my life. Um when I first learned about Jeffrey Dahmer, so like from a long time ago, but then I re-listened to a shit ton of them this week, and I literally was working 11-hour days, guys, because it's Christmas, and um, so I found out a lot more things in detail about his parents' um, relationship. So basically, Jeffrey Dahmer's mom stayed home when he was like a little baby and the dad was in college, but he was like literally would drive a couple hours to this college, stay there for like an eight hour day. He was full-time student. 
didn't have a job on the side or anything, and then come home after commuting. So he was literally home and coherent before he went to bed for like maybe an hour a day. So he didn't have a lot of interaction with his family because he was trying to, you know, do this. So, um, his mom was not the most put together mother. Um, it's rumored and I say rumored because literally if you watch the interview, um, that Stone Phillips does with his parents, he interviews them separately but the mother says completely different shit than the father. Oh, yeah. And so, um, basically, they say he was deprived of attention as an infant. Um, however, he was also well cared for. So, I know that doesn't make sense, but it's like he was the only child at first, obviously, because he was the oldest one. Mm-hmm. And um, they were both trying to just make a life for each other um, to live happier. But the mom um, is rumored to have postpartum depression. And so when he was an infant, like a little baby, obviously they took very good care of him. And then basically when his brother was born, um, it was a little bit different. So she started being like more distant like, basically leaving him to fend for himself most of the time. And take care of his brother instead of him? No. Well, yeah, or basically. Like- basically, she was taking care of the little boy. Well, and she was not doing anything. Um, she she was very boisterous. And Jeffrey Dahmer's dad was very quiet, very mm-hmm. reserved. And she was more, like, out there. And she would tell, like, outlandish stories. Oh, and wow. she wanted the attention. And so she was, like, a complete opposite person, which is... Um, why they ended up divorcing in the end, but, um, she was very greedy for pity. So she would like tell stories to get people to feel sorry for her. So and, she's an attention whore. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> oh, you bitch. Don't do that. Okay. <laughs> anyways. Um, <laughs> uh, so anyways, and she started fights with her husband, like a lot, but would take it out to like the outside so that other people could hear what they were arguing about. Oh my God. Because she wanted that attention. She also started fights with all of the neighbors around them just for basically no reason. Um, Just to get the attention. Yeah. So when Jeffrey Dahmer was four years old, he had to have surgery for a double hernia. Um, And what is weird is that in uh, his dad wrote a book called A Father's Story Lionel Dahmer. Um, And in that book, for some reason, he makes it sound like Jeffrey Dahmer changed once he had that surgery. But like, so Tyzeus had surgery for a hernia when he was six weeks old. And then he had a second surgery literally a few days later because he almost died because they fucked it up. Oh my God. But it didn't change him as a person or as a child. Because they recover mm-hmm. pretty quick from that normally. Mm-hmm. Because like a hernia is just a small tear in the, um, like basically the abdominal wall where the intestine will poke through. Right. And so it like basically closes it off. So it makes it hard for them to digest or have an appetite. It causes pain, that kind of stuff. So he was four years old and had two. Um, two tears in his in, in dom- abdominal wall. Um, but apparently like the dad is making it sound like 
he started being more withdrawn once he got the surgery. But I find that really strange because, like, how? He was four. You know, that's pretty young. He probably doesn't even remember it. I almost reached for the Sprite. That is not my drink. I don't want to touch that. (laughs) So, when Dahmer went to first grade, um, Joyce, which is his mom, started spending uh, a lot of time in bed recovering from, quote, weakness. But, um... So Lionel obviously was still gone in college. When he was home, like his wife wanted attention like around the clock. Like she would start being uh, like get herself worked up into like an anxiety attack over like little tiny shit just to get attention from her husband. Um, One time she attempted suicide from an overdose of Equinil pills, which she was addicted to. But at that time... Um, he was, they, the kids or the parents were not very devoted to Dahmer. Um, that's when they started basically distancing themselves, um, from him. But he was described by teachers and neighbors that he, you know, being energetic and a very happy child. And then like, apparently, uh, you know, like I said, the dad says that he started acting very strange after he had the double hernia surgery, um, And I guess it was right before he was four. So he, like Dahmer himself, said that his early years of family life were very, um, like, they were full of extreme tension between his parents. He seen them arguing, like, constantly. At um, elementary school, they found him to be very quiet and timid. And on his first grade report card, one teacher described him as a reserved child who she felt was neglected because, yeah. And so the teacher did say that the sense of neglect was from his mother's illness. Um, And I guess it was, um, he was not very communicate or she was not very communicative in grade school and um, Dahmer had a very small number of friends, but it's like first grade is like super early to be noting a lot of that stuff. Like as far mm-hmm. as the neglect, yes, I feel like that too, but um, it's just weird. So then one day um, his dad was like cleaning out, you know, the crawl space under some houses, I guess. Yeah. Whatever. I find those houses creepy as fuck because there's always something weird you? there. Like, this shit's weird. Yeah. So his dad was like sweeping out some, like, some type of animal bones. Like, something had died under there, and like, there was like a carcass, but it was just bones, and he was sweeping it out. And Dahmer was very interested in that. And um, it was really weird because he was four when that happened, and. I guess his dad says he was, like, oddly thrilled by the sounds that the bones were making. And um, he was actually playing with the bones, like, hitting them together, making the sounds. Yeah, he was, like, four. Oh, okay. and, I mean, it kind of makes sense because he's four. Yeah, because like, he he's four. Make, he, he wants, wants to see what the hell's going on. Like, what, right. like, what's the sound make? Yeah, and his dad was, like, thinking, okay, you know, like, it's just a normal thing at, you know, four. But then he started, um, like, collecting or searching for other bones and stuff like that. Um, 
he was collecting a large amount of insects and dragonflies, butterflies in jars, which is normal because I think everyone's done that, right? Caught a butterfly. Like, have you ever had a butterfly net and you like catch them and you put them in a little jar with a little food? I've never done that. Okay. Well, a lot of kids actually do. They sell kits like that. Yeah. I've Um, never done that at all. That well, reminds me of Spongebob with them going after the jellyfish. Right. That's, that's, it's basically <laughs> the same shit. And, that was um, close as I got to that. Okay. <laughs> well, there's like a lot of kids or a lot of um, daycares, actually. I deliver a lot of those ladybug catching kits or those butterfly catching kits. Oh, wow. And basically they, because obviously, or like a, if you catch a fucking, what the fuck are they, caterpillar? And then they turn into a butterfly and they cocoon and whatever the fuck. And then you let them go. Yeah, yeah. that was a thing. Um, but anyways, he started collecting um, animal carcasses from the roadside. And Jesus. yeah, and he was with some of his friends and he would di- dismember the animals at home or in the woods behind his home. And um, one of his friends said that he was dismembering the animals and putting parts of them in jars in the tool shed saying that he was curious to see how each animal fit together. So can I just say, um, if your child ever says that red fucking flag, (laughs) yeah. if they want to see how parts of animals fit together or they want to make their own animals with the decapitated parts of other animals, Red fucking flags. Red flags, guys. Get the kids some help, man. Like, flags every fucking where. I don't know. Maybe his family didn't know because they weren't really paying attention to him. So he was kind of right. running free. Um, one time, he decapitated the carcass of a dog, and then he nailed the animal's body to a tree. What the fuck? Yeah. And then later, he impaled the skull of the dog on a stake uh, next to a wooden cross in the woods behind his house. So. Alrighty then. Yeah. So. fucking weird at all, man. It's weird. And then he would even go underneath um, the family house to find additional bones. Um, With live animals, he would explore the bodies to discover where the bones were located. So it's important to note that it wasn't like he was, he wasn't killing animals to begin with. He was Mm -hmm. getting the ones that were already dead. Right. He was just getting their carcasses. Yeah. So they were not, he wasn't killing any animals. Um, so then uh, his family ended up moving to Doylestown, Ohio in October 1966 uh, when his mom got pregnant with the second baby, um, which was also another little boy. And he was born December 18th, 1966. Um, they let Jeffrey Dahmer choose the baby's name, which I find it's weird, but maybe it's because he was the only child, and so they felt right. like he was going to be jealous, you know, or whatever. Maybe, like, let him in on it. Yeah. Not make him feel, like, so weird. Right. So he picked um, the name David, and then that same year, um, his dad ended up getting his, agree- his degree in um, as a chemist or whatever, and he got a job as an analytical chemist in the city of um, Akron, Ohio. So, an analytic chemist is, studies and uses instruments and methods used to separate, identify, and quantify matter. So, um, it says, in practice, separation, identification, or quantification may constitute the entire analysis 
or be combined with another method. So mainly like separating, um, it's like blood from plasma or certain things for, I don't know, honestly, but that's what it sounds like. Um, and I'm probably wrong. If I'm wrong, let me know. Um, nobody ever lets us know if we're wrong. I know. They just let us keep being fucking wrong. (laughs) Right. I'm like. I, so whatever. If I if we're wrong, my bad. But I'm not gonna Google it because we have too much to go over. Yeah. Um, we just know he was making bank. Um, and then they moved again in 1968 to Bath, Ohio. Bath. Who the fuck names a town Bath? Um, I don't know. Why would somebody name a fucking place called Blue Balls in Pennsylvania? Blue Balls. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Since when? Who would do that? That creeped me out. I just looked over there and I swear I seen somebody standing there. It's it's not though. It was just the hanger. Um, Anyways, like you got me tripping now. I'm like I see shit at work. I don't need to see that shit at home. (laughs) Um, that's weird. Fucking blue balls, uh, Pennsylvania. (laughs) Weird. Um. So, anyways, two years after um they they had moved to Bath, Ohio, um. They were having dinner and it was like chicken and his dad asked him what would happen if the bones of the chicken were put in a bleach solution. He asked his dad not <laughs> You said his dad. No, asked okay, him. yeah, no. He asked his dad, sorry. He asked his you. dad that thanks. Um so Lionel Dahmer uh was concerned because he was really lethargic um and he had a solitary existence, so not very many friends. Not, um, he was very placid. So like if you've ever watched an interview with Dahmer and there's hundreds of them out there, um, his tone of voice even is very, he has a flat affect. He doesn't really, he's almost like the dry eyes guy. He has no emotion. (laughs) He's like almost monotone. Yeah. But his dad's like that too, which which is is weird. weird. Yeah. So that's weird. Yeah. So his dad, instead of being like weirded out he's like oh um dude just wants to know about science you know that's cool because he's a scientist he's showing interest in science yeah so he um he was pretty excited and he thought okay he's he's just curious and he started he demonstrated to his son how to safely bleach and preserve animal bones so um red flag number fucking two because what do you need to bleach and preserve animal bones for when you're a kid? You don't. <laughs> you don't need to do it. I would ju- like he didn't say, "Hey dad, show me how to bleach and preserve." No, I feel like Lionel is fucking dumb because it would have red flagged me if yeah. like if my well, not exactly, but like if your kid came up and said, "Hey, what happens if you put bleach on a chicken bone?" Then you'd be like, "Oh, xyz happens you wouldn't yeah. fucking do a whole goddamn <laughs> experiment and start teaching exactly. them how to do that the fuck because you know that's a little weird especially when dude is like anti-social mm-hmm. he doesn't have an interest in anything then all of a sudden he gets excited over bones dead things like come on you know so yeah. so anyways um when he was in his freshman year of high school um he went to revere high school but he was basically seen as an outcast, which, of course, we knew. Um, but he was an alcoholic, too. So um, he would sneak beer into school. 
He drank beer and hard alcohol. Um, and he used to wear an army fatigue jacket and he would just have it in there. Um, and he'd keep it in his locker. So it was basically before, during, and after school and was first noticed when he was 14. Um, yeah, on one occasion, a classmate observed Dahmer consuming a cup of gin and asked him why he was drinking liquor in class, to which Dahmer casually replied, it's my medicine. In a uh, freshman year, because he was uncommunicative, I can't even say that. Uncommunicative? But oh he was... God, I can't even say it either. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, he wasn't very talkative. Um, but all the teachers and staff said he was polite and was very intelligent um, he got only average grades at first, but they said it was due to his apathy, um, which apathy is basically like he was just, like I said, uh, very flat. Like it says a lack of feeling, you know, um, apathy is a state of indifference or suppression, suppression of emotions, like concern, excitement, motivation, passion. He had none of that shit. Um, but he was a really good ten tennis player and he played on the high school band. Um, there is a picture of him at age 17, which we will post, um, for your viewing fucking information. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say viewing pleasure, but I'm like, I don't think it would be viewing pleasure because I mean, it's fucking Jeffrey Dahmer. Nobody's pleased. Oh, um, God. Anyways, so when he reached puberty, he discovered he was gay. Um, he did not ever come out to his parents. Um, even when they interviewed, he didn't actually come out. Um, in his early teens, he did have a brief relationship with another youth, except um, they didn't ever have, like, sex or anything like that, but... He began to, um, so I want to back up a little bit, actually, before we get into this part. Um, now, because he was drinking so much, like, because he had to have been trying to numb something. Well, his yeah. mom was, like, basically ignoring him completely. Um, and when she, when his dad was home, they just fought the whole time. So, right. like, literally... He was alone and hearing all this turmoil and everything. And he was having like, it was like an urge that he didn't know yeah. what it was. And he honestly says that he thought maybe he would be like, he was just in, interested in like taxidermy type stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's just a little bit, um... I don't even know. Now, okay, and I wanted to say too now, and it's not proven, <laughs> but um, it is rumored that he was molested by a neighbor when he was eight. Now, in the interviews, though, um, it is, his dad says he was never molested. He said, well, at all, like by anyone. He doesn't even bring up the rumor at all. Dahmer also says he was never molested because a lot of people say, oh, well, he's sexually deviant. Maybe he was molested or something right, like yeah. that. Um, but I guess that didn't really happen. And like legally, but it was an older neighbor, um, which it possibly could be because his mom was not present. Like literally right. she was leaving him home to fend for himself long, like a lot. And Jesus. like, yeah. And his, they were just fighting and whatever. So anyways, um, after uh, his brief relationship with the guy, 
Um, he started sexually fantasizing, fantasizing, fantasizing. <laughs> it's because I was going to say fantasy controlling, but anyways, um, he began sexually fantasizing about dominating and controlling a completely submissive male partner. Um, these fantasies started becoming intertwined with dissection, which makes sense because he was dissecting the right. animals. And then, like, yeah. um, I know that during school he did dissect um, a pig fetus. Which, I didn't have to do that. I dissected a squid in high school. I dissected or a Or in junior high. Yeah, yeah. In junior high. Ariana dissected a chicken. A baby chick or something. Aww. Yeah. Um, but, like, and the squid was cool because we got to keep the ink pen and write with it. Because, like, inside uh, the squid, what? you know, it has the ink. That's so cool. Yeah. I, I, I think I still have it, actually. Oh in God. Linnell's baby box, dude. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, um, but I guess he kept the remains from the pig fetus and took it home with him. So the he fuck? just was like, and that makes sense with the submissive partner thing. Cause he felt like he had no control over his life. Like his parents were basically like leaving him to fend for himself. He wasn't happy. They didn't give a fuck about him. Like, his mom pisses me off because she says, our fighting, like, shouldn't have had a neg- negative impact on them. What? Like, the fuck, bitch? Do you realize how stupid you sound? Yeah, like, you're fighting constantly. You're not giving him any attention. There are no happy moments in your family. You're not taking them anywhere. You're not doing anything. You're on drugs. You're just basically sleeping the days away until your husband gets home, and then you fight with him, and... You're not taking care of your kids. Right. So how do you think that that's not going to be negatively impacting them? Like, you have to do something else. There has to be some kind of brightness, and there's right. not. Um, what a fucking moron. Yeah. She makes me mad. I, I can't stand her. And watch the Stone Phillips interview, guys. You'll be mad, too. But um, she just makes me mad. And she's like, oh, is this going to be on the interview? Yes, bitch. What the fuck you think you're talking to him with the camera for? Right? It's going to be on the interview. Fucking dumbass. Yeah. So, um, we're just doing this shit. We're just doing this stuff for shits and giggles. Right. That, that's that's yeah. all we're doing it for. It's not yeah. even an interview at all. It's, it's just dumb. dumb. So, when he was like 16 years old, he started having a fantasy, um, a rape fantasy of rendering an unconscious, rendering unconscious um, a male jogger that he thought was attractive and then making sexual use of the unconscious body. So, like, he wanted to basically 100% dominate a person. And he says in his interview that, like, he felt like he had no control. And so he just wanted to control something. Like, he didn't want them to have sex with him. He wanted to have sex with them without right. them participating, which is very strange because that's yeah. like, that's necrophilia basically, yeah, except he didn't want to kill that. people. Like he just wanted them to be unconscious and just go along with whatever he wanted, like completely submissive, right. which there are people out there like that. Mm-hmm. If he would have looked harder, maybe he could have found someone. I don't know. But anyways... He wanted to get this guy um, that was a jogger, and he hid in the bushes, and um, he had a baseball bat, and he waited for him to go by, but the jogger didn't go on that day, and then he never tried it again. So that jogger's fucking probably lucky he never fucking jogged that day. Yeah. Because if he would have, 
who knows what would have happened. Maybe he yep. would have started killing at 16 instead, instead of, of 18. 18, yeah. So, um, anyways, even though he was... A loner, this is what I think is weird, is he was a class clown, which is complete opposite because class clowns, like people say class clowns have a lot of friends because everybody's laughing at them and all that, but really they don't because a class clown does that to get the attention that they don't get from having friends. Exactly. Because if you have a good, healthy childhood, you don't need to do pranks and stuff like that. You don't need to, to do those things because you're getting... The human interaction. Exactly. So, and he was quiet. So then all of a sudden to be a class clown, that's completely against, you know. And then they started calling things like pranks. Oh, you pulled the Dahmer. Yeah. Because like he would fake like, um, like a seizure or like he had cerebral palsy or whatever. Like he would knock over stuff at school and at stores. Um, in 77, his grades started going down. But that was just, he was still drinking a lot, too. Um, but he just started more and more going against having any kind of interaction with human beings. Against the socialness. He was withdrawing right. more. Um, and, of course, the drinking. So his, his parents, like, this is the thing that is kind of up in the air. Because people are like, oh, well, she neglected him. But they cared enough to hire a private tutor for him. Right. Um, because they noticed his grades were failing, and so they wanted to help him. Um, Dahmer says that his parents were good parents. Like, he was never abused by them or anything like that. And he had what he needed, but the fighting affected him a lot. And some right. kids, it just happens. They're more yeah. um, affected by things. And apparently he was one of those kids. And so um, the tutor didn't work. And then he started going to counseling sessions or sorry, Dahmer's parents started going to counseling sessions to resolve the personal differences and save their marriage. But um, the counseling did not work, and they divorced. Um, so at first, they they separated, like, in agreement. So basically, she was going to take... she At one point, they started fighting to the point that his mom got like a restraining order against the dad and the dad wasn't allowed to be at the house and she was there with the two boys. Then yeah. she moved out of the house and took the younger boy and left Jeffrey Dahmer there at 17 in the by house. Himself. What the fuck? Yeah, by himself and his dad couldn't even be in the house so he didn't come over or anything like that. Um, And then uh, it said, because she was awarded custody obviously <clears throat> Um, and she moved with her family members and, and then Dahmer turned 18 and then the court really couldn't do anything because right. he's 18. And so that's, what's horrible. Um, he graduated from high school though. So, I mean, apparently something happened and he got his grades up, right. um, you know, and he was living alone in the family home. Um, and his dad was living in a motel um, his mom was all the way in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, and his younger with his younger brother David. Um, so it was about three weeks, um, like I said, after graduation, and he killed his first victim. So, but nobody would know until the nineties, right? Because he confessed it. Yeah, because um, <clears throat> it was just an unsolved, or maybe 
I mean, obviously, he just disappeared. He was just gone. Yeah. And so um, let me go to my other site now because I don't know if I want to do that. Let me find it. That is not. That's the same site. <laughs> okay. So um, we don't want that. Okay. So right after he uh, graduated, and he graduated June 1978. So almost what? Like, 11 years later is when they found out about this murder. But he picked up a hitchhiker named Stephen Hicks um, and took him home to his parents' house, which obviously he lived alone at. Um, he started getting the guy drunk. Um, and then he tried to leave. Um, and Dahmer killed him by striking him in the head and strangling him with a barbell. Um, he dismembered the corpse and packed the body in parts or the body parts in plastic bags and buried them behind his parents' house. But then he um, dug them up and crushed the bones with a sledgehammer and scattered them across a ravine. Um, and then the next year, or wait, yeah, oh no, t almost 10 years later. Um, yeah, almost 10 years later. So my math was off. It wasn't 11 years, it was like 20 whatever. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> in September 1987, um, he took his second victim. They checked into a hotel room. And his name was Stephen um, Toymi. To to oh, fuck. Did it skip it? Yeah. Okay, let me go back. <laughs> I was like, okay. hold up, you're skipping. Well, because I went to... Well, you know what? Maybe I'm going to just go on this site because the other one is being very minimal. So, um... I want to elaborate a little bit more on Stephen Hicks, actually. Um, it is said that it was the, the dumbbell was 10 pounds, and that's what he hit him with um, twice from behind, though. So um, he sat in a chair, and I don't know if maybe he said, like, oh, I'm going to go or whatever, so then he hit him. Um, and then he strangled him after he was unconscious with the bar of the dumbbell, and then he stripped the clothes from his body and he masturbated over his corpse. Um, the next day is when he dissected Hank's body. So he left him in the house all day or all mm -hmm. night. Um, I find that to be really fucking telling because he didn't have sex with the body. Yeah. He just masturbated over the body. Um, and I think that it's the fact that he's unconscious. Right. You know what I mean? And so, because that's kind of what he's going for, like, that power, the control. Right. I. It's weird, though, that he goes from not ever having sex, and then he, like, kills a dude because he's going to leave. Maybe he was having that abandonment issues. Right. Because his parents <clears throat> were gone. You know what I mean? Probably. Like, it just seems weird. And he doesn't know Cause, why. Because he's... Cause Dahmer said that Hicks wanted to leave and I didn't want him to. Yeah, but instead of being, like, talking him into staying, he fucking kills him. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. if you're leaving and I don't want you to, I'd be like, don't leave, Lynn, stay. And now. I'd be like, bye. Take another drink. And this Drug guy. my ass. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what he does later on, but. So, um, Jeffrey Dahmer's dad um, was engaged um, about six weeks after 
he had made his first kill, his dad found out that he was alone in the house. Like, I don't know how he doesn't know. Like, I wonder if there was, like, a no-contact order or something because he, like, knew nothing. Mm -hmm. He, like, happened to go to the house because he wanted to see the kids, and he found out that Jeffrey's living there alone. And so I'm like, how would you not know for a whole fucking month and a half that he's been living, well, longer than that, Yeah, like a few months that he's been living there by himself and that your fucking ex-wife moved out? And how the fuck you have a whole ass fiance already? Right? <laughs> Unless like, you were seeing the bitch before you got divorced. Yeah, like that's pretty quick, isn't it? <laughs> Don't you so. think? Let's go back yeah, and look at this on. fucking timeline here. So, 78. Yes. 78. And in still 78. Yeah, so 78. The same year that they got divorced, he, it was like literally in June and then... Six weeks later. No, they got... It was in May of 1978 because he graduated in May of 78. He and graduated then, in June, I thought. No, he graduated in May of 78. Oh, okay. And then that's when his mom dipped out. And then... Yeah, June, so... June it was summer. Of, yeah, June. Okay. That is and then time. six weeks yeah. later, so what, like August-ish? Yeah. So in August, August right there. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> what the fuck? In Jesus. August, I don't know. I didn't even see that. Anyways, in August, dude has a whole fiance already. Um, I mean, I don't think he's gonna have half a one. The f- <laughs> unless he wants to dissect her like his son does. Well, you know he had fantasies. Yeah, I fucking remember. Yep. Okay. Yep, I saw it in the interview. Yeah, he said I his dad actually shit. said that he had fantasies, but he never acted on them, and that makes a lot of sense because. Um, well, it kind of does and it kind of doesn't, but it gives the argument of the nature. Right. It's not the nurture, it's the nature in this, like, I mean, it's obviously not scientifically proven. It's not going to ever be because each person's brain is different. But right. for this argument on this case, Where his dad, dad shit, yeah. the same, exactly. like, it does. he doesn't say... That it was with men, though. That was the only difference, and we don't know. Maybe it was, and he just didn't want to say that. But he says on the Stone Phillips interview, he had um, fantasies about ha- like doing the control thing. About like, yeah. He doesn't say killing people, but like exactly. But basically, the same shit Jeffrey Dahmer is doing, like not yeah, killing people, but weird. like being in control, right. Um, wanting to kill people to be able to control them. Weird. That's like yeah. a whole, and his dad is quiet. Right. He has an unaffected affect Fucking too. weird. Yeah. Like watch the it's, interview guys because it's. It's insane. We're going to post the link. So you yes. can just go to it because you need to watch. Um, so anyways, okay. Back on track now. Um, so his dad finds out that he's living in this house by himself. And he told him, okay, you have to do something. So he tells him he's going to college. So um, he gets enrolled at Ohio State University um, to major in business. And But he's still drinking, mind you. Right, he's not stopping. He says he's trying to drink to drown out the urges by this point. So I'm wondering if that's what it started with with the alcohol before. Um, Maybe. 
Yeah. And so he like literally didn't do shit in college, like at all because of the alcohol abuse. Um, he got failing grades and, um, the only course that he was actually successful at was, um, riflery, riflery. I've never even heard of that. I'm assuming, is that like shooting? Is it shooting? What is it? Um, riflery. Riflery? I... But he got a B minus. Um, his GPA was literally 0. .45. Oh, God. And um, one time, Lionel actually came to visit his son, and he found that his room had empty liquor bottles everywhere. Um, his father had paid in advance for a second term, but dro uh, Dahmer dropped out of the university just after three months. So... In 1979, his dad says, okay, you need to either get a job or go to the army. And like, mind you, Jeffrey Dahmer's over the age of 18 now. So he right. could do whatever he wants, but his dad is still controlling where he's going. So that's that whole, he has no control. Like his right. dad is telling him where <clears throat> he's going. You're going to college. Didn't ask him if he wants to, just took him there, paid for it. Then he's like, get a job or go to the army. So Dahmer says he didn't want to get a job. So literally his dad takes him down and enlists him in the army. In January of 1979. Yeah. Um, he was trained as a medical specialist at Fort Sam Houston in San Antonio, Texas. Um, and on July 13th, 1979, he got stationed in West Germany. Um, and he served as a combat medic in 2nd Battalion. Um, 68th Armored Regiment, 8th Infantry Division. That's a lot of stuff. If you're not military, you probably don't know what it means either, so it's fine. We're the same. <laughs> um, according to published reports, in Dahmer's first year of service, he was an average or slightly above average soldier, which is good. Because if you're average, that means that you're like the majority of the soldiers. Mm -hmm. If you're slightly above average, that means that you're you're doing a little better than other people. Right. Um, but he was raping people. Like, hide your kids, hide your wife, because they're raping everybody out here. In the <laughs> army. <laughs> In the well, army, though. The place where it's supposed to be the safest. Right. Except, like, I don't know much about rape in the army, but I don't, I guess it's a big thing. Um... Anyways, so. <laughs> who the fuck is outside? Sounds like Wolfgang. Fucking probably. Anyways, okay, moving Anyways, on. Moving on from so, that. um, two soldiers actually testified, um, or wrote reports about being raped by Jeffrey Dahmer while in the mil or while in the army. One said that in um. One said in 2010 that Dahmer had repeatedly raped him over a 17-month period while they were both stationed at um, Baumholder. While in another West Germany, yeah, while another soldier believes Dahmer drugged and raped him inside an armored personnel carrier in 1979. So the one that I find weird is the one um, that said it in 2010 because he said he repeatedly raped him over a 17-month period. So I wonder. Because I know the other guy was drugged and then he raped him. So I wonder if he was doing the same thing to that guy. And maybe he just didn't know that he was being drugged but would like wake up and he's there or something. Because, mm. and why would you wait seven, like 17 whole months to say something? 
maybe he was really scared. Because Dahmer's a scary guy. Like, the way he talks. Yeah. He's And he's tall. He's, like, over six foot. Yeah, it's a bit weird. But, um, anyways, because he started drinking so much, like, he's, he stopped being a good soldier. And so, um, in March 1981, they declared him unsuitable for military service and discharged him from the Army. He did get an honorable discharge, though. Which... I mean, I don't think they knew about the rapes. They probably um, did until after. Yeah, so it's just weird. And then um, his superiors did not believe that any problems he had in the army would be applicable to civilian life. Because normally, um, when you're in the army, obviously you're going to act different. You're isolated from right. your family. You're in foreign countries. You're basically at work 24 hours a day because you don't get to go home. You know what right. I mean? So that has a toll on the human whatever the fuck. But um, anyway, so they literally gave him a plane ticket to anywhere. They told him, pick a place. Damn. Because they obviously fly you home, but where's right. home? You know? So they asked him where he wanted to go. So um, he had to go to Fort Jackson, South Carolina first for a debriefing. Um, and then... He said he didn't want to go home to his dad because he felt like he failed, you know? Right. Like, his dad's going to be mad. He couldn't do college. Now he's getting, you know, kicked out of the Army. Even though it was an honorable discharge, he should take that as a perk, you know? Like, at least he tried kind of thing. But he just felt like he was going to be disappointing his dad. So, um, he, he says he wanted to go to Miami Beach, Florida because he was quote, tired of the cold, and um, he wanted to try to live on his own because he's been just living with his parents this whole time, right. you know. So he did find a job um, at a sandwich shop. He was a um, whatever the fuck, sandwich maker guy, like Subway kind of, and he rented a room in a motel, but he spent most of his salary on alcohol and hookers. Um, it's rumored. Okay, so... Uh... What? Yeah, it's rumored. Uh, but then he got evicted for non-payment. Um, he spent his evenings on the beach as he continued to work at the sandwich shop until phoning his father and asking to return. See, it says he asked to return to Ohio, but in the interview, that's not what he said. He called and asked his dad for money to pay for his motel, and his dad said that he would only fly him back home. Oh, that's, so that's why he got back. Yeah, that he didn't want to pay for it. However, um, interjectory time here, people, because we have other information. While he worked at that sandwich shop, yeah. one day he was taking the trash out, and there was like a guy, a homeless guy, um, I believe, that was hanging out, kind of living in the back of the shop, and he was dead. Jeffrey Dahmer had stepped over his body like three days in a row. And didn't say anything. What the fuck? Yeah. Then he goes in and tells his boss, hey, like, there's a dead guy out back. Just like that. And <laughs> he's like, what? So he goes out in the back and confirms, you know, that there's a right. guy. And they call the cops. The cops actually interview Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, ask him, you know, what happened, all of that stuff. So super weird. Yeah. Because he's already killed before. Like, you know what I mean? He's, right. he's had so his first he kill. So... It's super weird, especially for three days. Like, and you're just gonna keep walking over it. Yeah, um, and 
and I don't know, I know that there's a police report somewhere, but um, either way, it's super weird that he's a killer and then somebody dies behind his sandwich shop. Yeah. Now, side note number two, on that same exact timeline, um, literally while he was working at that sandwich shop, it was about, I think they said 20 miles from the mall where um, Adam Walsh disappeared. So, <laughs> Dahmer is put in the same location where Adam Walsh disappeared, right. and they actually suspected him, too, but it was, um, they have come to the conclusion that it wasn't him. However, there has been no arrest in the killing of Adam Walsh, but right. if nobody knows, Adam Walsh, um, you know John Walsh, John Walsh, uh, does the America's Most Wanted show. He started it because of his son. Um, his son's head was found in a ravine. So not even, they never found his body. So just his head was found. Um, and he was um, six years old. I think he was uh, six yeah, he was at the six. time. Yeah, I think he was six. So super weird. But he goes back to Ohio, and he stays with his mom, and by this time, it's his stepmother, because they got married. But he wanted um, to have a lot of chores to keep him occupied, because I think he was just trying to fight the urges still. Right. Um, he got a drunken disorderly conduct um, arrest, and he was fined $60 and given a suspended 10-day jail sentence. Um, his dad tried to wean his son off alcohol. But it didn't really work. Um, in December 1991, Dahmer's father and... 1981. 81. Fuck. <laughs> his um, his mom... Or his stepmom was like, you have to do something. Because they were having more kids, you know? Right. So they said, well, if you're not going to stop drinking, then go live with your grandma. Um, and the grandma lived in West Alice, Wisconsin. Um, she was the only fam family member that he would give affection to. So he was very close to her, and he would oh, wow. hug her and whatever, you know. So they hoped that she would influence him, you know, to do good and live responsible. Um, they wanted him to obviously not drink. Um, but so his living arrangements with his grandma were pretty good. Like, he went to church with her, took chores, of course, was trying to find work, um, obeyed most of the house rules. But he, he still kept drinking and smoking. Um, but he had a new influence in his life, and it it brought results. And um, in early 1982, he found employment as a phlebotomist at the Plasma Center. So that's just where they take blood for donation. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, which I didn't know that, actually. But he had that job for 10 months, and then he got laid off. And then he was unemployed for two years, um, and he just lived on whatever money his grandma gave him. So, right before he lost his job, he was arrested for indecent exposure um, on August 7th, 1982. Um, at a Wisconsin State Fair Park, he was observed to expose himself to a crowd of 25 women and children. Jesus. However, that's weird, because he's not into women. Why would he expose himself? To women and children. That's not like him. What if he was just peeing? Yeah. Or something. And maybe... I think one of the documentaries I was... I listened to, it said that he was just 
No, that's the that two boys like... that he, oh, like... Oh, that, okay. Yeah, that's a okay. different incident. Different incident, okay. But, it, so, and he doesn't elaborate on that, really, um, which I tried to find something on it, but it didn't really say much. But he got convicted and fined $50 plus court costs. Um, and in January 1985, he got a job as a mixer in the chocolate factory, and he worked... Um, of the 11 to 7 a.m. shift, so that's the third shift, six nights a week with Saturday evenings off. Um, so it says shortly after he got this job, an incident occurred, which the he, book. Uh, your computer did it again. It just doesn't like you when you podcast. Apparently, it's gonna die anyway. So, so um, he was propositioned by another man. While reading in the West um, Alice Public Library, the stranger threw Dahmer a note offering to perform fellatio upon him. If you don't know what fellatio means, that he wanted to, to like, suck his penis. <laughs> I mean, you could have just said he, he, he wanted to give him head, but... Yeah, but some people don't know what that means either. If you don't know what that means, you shouldn't be listening to our podcast. Okay, well, anyways. <laughs> um, and he did not respond um, the incident stirred in him the mind of the fantasies of control and dominance, obviously, because, like, he's been trying to put it off for so long, and then this guy's like, hey, bro, like, come over here, let's get a quickie right. in. he's like, hey, and I'll now, suck your dick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so now he started going to um, gay bars, bookstores, and gay bathhouses, um... Now, the gay bathhouse thing, so I need to... So, basically, a gay bathhouse, which I didn't know what it was, but it's like a sauna. So, like, you know, have you seen on Seinfeld where they go to the... To a spitz or whatever? It's like a Jewish word. Yeah. So, it's basically like a sauna house. Like, they actually had places that were just saunas. And people would go in there and just sit in a fucking sauna. And it was called a bathhouse or, um, but they had ones that were only for men because they were gay. So it was like a gay steam bath or a gay sauna. But in general, a gay bathhouse is used for having sex instead of just bathing. So like they would go in there and supposedly be in this sauna, which is supposed to have very good healing properties for the body. But they would be banging each other. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, I mean, two for one special, yeah. I guess. <laughs> well, then, like, he still tried so hard to stifle his um, his urges. urges. Yeah. And so he stole a male mannequin from a store. And he was using that to get off, basically. And because, like, which is the perfect fucking sex toy for him. Because what does he want? He wants Complete an unconscious control. body. Yeah. It doesn't have to be alive. It doesn't have to talk. It doesn't have to be warm. Nothing. A mannequin. No, it doesn't because he's not trying to have sex. He's just trying to masturbate himself. That's it. Because by this time, you know, he's not really having intercourse. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's not a thing for him at this moment. He more wants just that control factor. And so... His grandma found it in a closet, and she freaked the fuck out and made him get rid of it, which probably started his fucking killing spree. I'm blaming grandma. Okay? I'm blaming grandma. Because, like, what's... Blame the granny. 
Well, because like, okay, if if it was me and like I walked in and like seen a man a male mannequin in a closet, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing with this? But <laughs> do I really? She's like, know? get rid of it. So I wonder if it was altered in some way. You know what I mean? Like if he had done something to it that was obvious that he was. He probably using did. it for I sex mean, or something. Honestly, he probably did do something to it. I mean, he probably like because mannequins don't really have a face with like eyeballs no, or anything. But so he, he doesn't need like, that. Well, I don't know. Maybe he wanted to actually look, make it look like real. I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe he drew eyeballs on it and she like freaked out. Maybe like Jose over there with googly eyes and he don't like that shit and it's weird <laughs> as fuck. Right. So um, by late '85, he began to go to these bathhouses more often. But he said that they were very relaxing places, but he was having sex with people there. But he started getting frustrated because they would move. Um, so after he got arrested with, like, from all of the murders or whatever, he said, um, and this is, quote, I trained myself to view people as objects of pleasure instead of as people. For this reason, um, oh, and that's end quote, sorry. He started, in 1986, he started giving sleeping pills to his partners, um, so he would make them a mixed drink, and, because he was having a hard time sleeping, so the doctor gave him these sleeping pills, and he thought it was going to be, like, a gradual sleepy Mm -hmm. feeling, no, it would knock him the fuck out, like, he'd take it, he's gone, (laughs) so he's like, hey. So it's like melatonin if you give it to a kid. Worse, because it's, they don't have... There's no gradual period. So, like, basically, he takes the pill, he's gone. That quick. Like, Damn. he would take it on the couch and just be fucking knocked out. He said literally, like, not figuratively knocked out, like, literally knocked the fuck out. It would, he was just gone. Like, would it make him be blacked out? Too? Yeah. Oh no, he would just be sleeping. Like, it would knock him out. Literally knock, like, if he like, got hit in the face with a fucking rock. <laughs> with the fucking rock. That's that's what but, would happen. Like I meaning like he would still remember everything up until no. the po- like well, he would yeah. still remember everything, right? Yeah. He knew he took the pill and then he would go to sleep and that's okay. it. Okay. And then wake <laughs> up and whatever. So he started using that so he would prescription use- drugs. Oh, okay. To because he's like, "Hey, like I know it <laughs> knocks them the fuck out. I'm going to start lacing their drinks." So he did. So it was basically like, wham, bam, thank you, man. Yeah. And he would not... <laughs> fucking live God. Yes. He would not give them beer. He would drink beer, but make but them a mixed drink. And... Uh... Excuse me. So um, he would lace their drinks, and then he would rape their unconscious bodies. Um, but then, like, he didn't kill anybody. He, it was like 12 times that he's done that. Jesus. At the bathhouses. So they revoked his membership. <laughs> Instead of them saying some yeah. shit to the police. Because. They're like, hmm. Yeah. Get the fuck out. <laughs> he's like, um, drugging and raping guys at this bathhouse. So he started doing it in hotel rooms. Um, and then shortly after, the membership of the bathhouse was revoked. Dahmer read a report in a newspaper regarding an upcoming funeral of an 18-year-old male. Um, he thought of an idea of stealing the freshly, whatever the fuck that means. So basically stealing the corpse and taking it home. Um, he did try to dig the coffin out of the ground, but it was hard. So he gave up. 
you skipped over that he what? read the newspaper. No, I just said that. He read a newspaper report regarding upcoming funeral of 18-year-old male. Oh. He oh, I heard thought you... of the idea of stealing the the corpse and taking it home. I literally only heard you say that he thought of the Did idea of stealing it. Did you take his sleep drug? <laughs> Fuck I wish. I might be able to sleep and not I read that. <laughs> I read it. Um, anyways, so in August 1986, Dahmer was arrested for masturbating in front of two 12-year-old boys as he stood close to Kinnikinnick River. Kinnikinnick? Kinnikinnick? No, Kinnikinnick River. Yeah, it's Kinnikinnick. Okay, whatever. That sounds just like you're having like a stutter Kinnikinnick. Kinnikinnick. Dahmer initially admitted the offense was and was again charged with indecent exposure. And then he quickly changed his story and claimed that he was just peeing, but he didn't know that those kids were right there. And so they changed the um, charge to disorderly conduct. Um, And on March 10th, 1987, he was sentenced to one year probation with additional instructions to undergo counseling. Um, Let's see. What does that say, actually? Because it says number 86. Oh, it's just whatever. Nothing. Okay, so... (laughs) On November 20th, um, 1987, Dahmer was still living with his grandma, and he um, came upon a 25-year-old man from Ontonagon. I can't. Ontonagon? Whatever, yeah. I think is what it is. Yeah, probably. Um, His name was Stephen Tomey, and he was at a bar, and he um, basically talked him into coming back to the Ambassador Hotel in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where... I can't even fucking talk right now, where he had a room for the evening. So Dahmer said he didn't have any intention of murdering him. He just wanted to drug and rape him while he was unconscious. But, so this is what's weird. So they go back to his hotel, and they're drinking, because he was already drinking. Uh, Apparently he drank a lot more. And he woke up, and he said that his arms were bruised, and his fists were bruised. And he says he does not remember what happened, but he must have killed him because um, Tommy was laying underneath him on the bed and his chest was crushed in and black and blue with bruises and blood was coming out of the corner of his mouth. Um, he said he didn't have any memory of it, like I said. And later he said, quote, he could not believe that this had happened because he doesn't remember anything. So he got a big suitcase and he put the body in it and took it to his grandma's house. And um, his grandma was out of town. She was on vacation at the time. And he left the body there for a week. Jesus. Um, he Then he decided to cut the head, arms, and legs off the torso. And um, he filleted the bones. Or filleted. Filleted. <laughs> Who the fuck is that? Oh, it's Jeff. Okay, anyways. Okay, anyways. Sorry, guys. We hear people yelling outside of our house. Yeah, his name is Jeff. Um, Anyways, the the filleted, then fillet, filleted the bones. It says filleted. It's filleted. Okay, filleted the bones from the body before cutting the flesh into pieces small enough to handle. He then placed the flesh inside garbage, plastic garbage bags, and he wrapped the bones inside a sheet and pounded them into splinters with sledgehammer. Um, the entire dismemberment process took him two hours. Jesus. 
Yeah, and then he disposed of all of his remains, excluding the severed head in the trash. So he kept the head um, for two weeks in a blanket. After two weeks, he boiled the head in a mixture of um, Soylex, which is, I guess it's an alkaline-based industrial detergent, and bleach to try to retain the skull because you know how his dad taught him how to do that, like a fucking retard? So, yeah. Yeah, let me just teach my kid how to do this shit. Yeah, so he basically used it as a sex stimulant to masturbate. And eventually the skull was too brittle uh, because of the bleaching process, so he pulverized and disposed of it. Um, So then following that murder, um, Dahmer started to actually seek out victims um, who he encountered in or close to gay bars, and he would take them back to his grandma's house, and she was there. Um, but she didn't see them, but he would drug them, um, uh, before or sh- shortly after engaging in sexual activity with them. Once he rendered the victim unconscious with sleeping pills, he killed them by strangulation. So he stopped doing it just for the sex. He wanted to like keep them. So I need to play our clip now. Um, and where it be, where it be, let me find it guys. Let me find it. Because it's importante. No, not you. Not you. Importante instead of importante. Whatever the fuck it is, it's important. Okay, so this lady interviewed him, and this is um, what he said when he was looking for victims, or what he was, what his intentions were. And I feel like it's important for him to say it in his own words, so you can tell like how he felt about it. I had uh, these obsessive uh, desires and and. Thoughts wanting to control them, to, uh, I don't know how to put it, uh, possess them permanently. And that's why you killed them. Right. Right. Not because I was angry with them, not because I hated them, but because I wanted to keep them with me. And, uh, as my obsession grew, uh... I was saving body parts such as uh, skulls and uh, skeletons. Jeffrey Dahmer is recalling his monstrous past. Almost two years ago in this little apartment in Milwaukee, police discovered the grisly remnants of... Okay, I'm going to stop there. Or maybe not. (laughs) So, I feel like it's important to... um, to understand his thing. So he wanted to keep them. Right. Like he wanted to possess them. Um, so I feel like that's important because it shows why he starts amping up his kills. Because like before, he accidentally, well, he killed that guy out of impulse to keep him there. Right. Then the other guy, was it was an accident. accident. Well, not really an accident, but it was an accident because he wasn't consciously doing something so anyways, um, he started seeking out victims and he drugged them and then he actually found a 14 year old Native American male prostitute named James Dockstetter. Um, Dahmer lured the youth to his home with an offer of $50 to pose for news pictures. So he did that a lot and right. it's not even known if he actually had $50 cause he was broke. Like he didn't have a job. <laughs> I mean, so I bet you he didn't even have $50. But he, that's what he said is he's like, Hey, I'll give you $50 if you let me take naked pictures of you. And this is a 14 year old prostitute. And like Dahmer said himself in the interview, um, 
that their race did not matter to him. Right. Didn't matter. But he didn't go after kids on purpose. He just went after whatever was attracted to him, attractive to him. That was it. Right. So, um, they ended up having sex together, um, which makes me even more sick because he's 14. Like, so yeah, he tells him he's going to take pictures, ends up having sex, um, and it's supposedly consensual sex, and then he strangles him on the floor of the cellar. Um, Dahmer left the body in the cellar for a whole week before dismembering it in much the same manner as he had with Toomey. So he placed all of the remains, including or except the skull, in the trash, and he boiled the skull and kept it and then pulverized it again. So literally, there were no body parts of these people. Then on March 24th, 1988, Dahmer met a 22-year-old bisexual man named Richard Guerrero outside a gay bar called the Phoenix. So um, he got Guerrero to go to his grandma's house, and the incentive on this occasion was just $50 to spend the night with him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so then he drugged Guerrero with the sleeping pills and strangled him with a leather strap, and then he performed oral sex on the corpse. What? The fuck? I didn't even know that. Yeah, I didn't either. That's weird. Why? Like, so that's different. Because he's, before it was about him being, so it's, I don't know. Anyways, okay, I'm going to not even, I'm going to not. Now I'm confused. Me too. I'm like, did that get him off? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, but would it even... And what? And at the risk of sounding morbid as fuck, which everyone knows that I am, right? Was he even hard? Like, what are you doing, limp noodle? <laughs> like, <laughs> like sucking on a limp noodle or what? Well, I mean, you know, like, I mean, is that even a thing? I don't know. I mean, in my opinion, I' pretty sure the body was stiff. So, well, okay, I was gonna I say mean, like. Well, didn't, I've heard somewhere, and maybe I'm wrong, but I heard somewhere that, like, after you, after a person dies, like, they're, like, I don't know. <laughs> okay, I'm going to not talk anymore, because I'll talk off um, recording about that, because um, Lynn doesn't find me completely fucking weird and disgusting. No. <laughs> but all of you may, uh, anyway, so anyways, he dismembered his body within 24 hours of the murder, so this time he didn't keep him for a long time. I wonder if it's because his grandma. Ooh, probably. You know what I mean? Yeah, probably. Because she was there most of the time. Um, like, the ones where he left him for a week, she had to been gone. So, um, again, he kept the skull and pulverized it after several months. So then April 23rd. So he's like, these are like a month apart. Um, yeah, there was so a month the or two one. apart. Wait, so, so me. Oh, my God. When the hell was his? Toomey. Where the hell was his? What month was that? I want to. I want to know. Damn it. Uh, to me. Oh, okay. November. To to me was oh. November eighty seven, and then and then then it was two months later. The male so prostitute guy. February. Then March. Then April. Then March. And April. So almost one a month. Jesus. So um, on April twenty third, Dahmer lured another young man to his house. However, after giving the victim a drugged coffee, both he and the victim heard Dahmer's grandma call. Is that you, Jeff? 
Although Dalma replied in a manner that led his grandma to believe he was alone, his grandma did discover that Dalma was not alone. Oh, God. Because of this, Dalma decided to not kill the victim. He waited until he became unconscious and then took him to a hospital. So his grandma had to have known, like, she's had to have been seeing all this stuff. Right. So then in September 88, she asked him to move out of her house because he kept bringing young men to her house. And there were foul smells from the basement and the garage. Um, so he didn't try for another, like, five months. Well, because he had to move. He had to yeah. find an apartment and do all of that. I want to know who's paying for his apartment. He has No, that... He ended up taking that dude to the hospital in April. Yeah. And then in September, five months later, is when his grandma called oh, right. the fuck out. Maybe he was scared to do anything because his grandma. Maybe. But, um, so he found a bedroom, or one bedroom apartment on uh, North 25th Street and moved in on September 25th. So the following day, so literally he's already moved in, and then he got arrested for drugging and sexually fondling a 13-year-old boy who he lured to his home on the pretext of posing for nude photographs. Jesus. Yeah. In January 1989, he was convicted of second-degree sexual assault of enticing a child for immoral purposes. Um, it was suspended. The sentence was suspended until May 89. On March 20th, um, he commenced a 10-day Easter absence from work during which he moved back into his grandma's house. Um, two uh -huh. months. So he got out of jail like quick, like he, he should have been in jail a lot longer. He probably, they probably would have saved lives, but two months after yeah. his conviction and two months before his sentencing. So basically he was out on bail. I think Dahmer murdered his fifth victim while he was waiting for sentencing. God, um, this was a mixed-race 24-year-old aspiring model named Anthony Sears, um, who Dahmer met at a gay bar on March 25th. According to Dahmer, um, he was not looking to commit a crime, but before closing time that evening, Sears just started talking to me, quote, end quote. Dahmer lured Sears to his grandma's home where the pair engaged in oral sex before Dahmer drugged and strangled him. The following morning, Dahmer placed the corpse in his grandmother's bathtub where he decapitated the body before attempting to fillet the corpse. He then stripped the flesh from the body and pulverized the bones, which were again disposed of in the trash. Um, he said that he, he found Sears exceptionally attractive, and Sears was the first victim from who he permanently retained any bar, body parts. He preserved Sears' head and genitalia in acetone and stored them in his work locker. The fuck? Yeah, when he moved to a new address the following year, he took the remains there. On May 23rd, 1989, Dahmer was sentenced to five years probation and one year in the House of Correction with work release permitted in order to keep his job. Yes, I guess he had a job. He was also required... Oh, because he worked as a fucking yeah, chocolate the, person. Yeah. Um, he also was required to register as a sex offender. Two months... So, that's an underage kid. So... Like, that's his second one. Second underage encounter. Oh, yeah. Um, so then, two months before his scheduled release from the work camp, Dahmer was paroled from his um, sentence. His five-year probation imposed began at that point. So basically, he got out of jail so fast 
Um, he moved back in temporarily to his grandma's before May 1990, or May, yeah, before in May 1990, he moved into the Oxford Apartments located North 25th Street in Milwaukee. Although located in a high crime area, the apartment was close to his workplace. It was furnished and at $300 per month, inclusive of all bills ex- except electricity. So it was a good apartment. Um, but then he killed his, uh, sixth victim within a week of moving into that apartment. It was Raymond Smith. He was a 32 year old prostitute who Dahmer lured to his apartment with the promise of $50 for sex. Um, What's he, $50? I don't know. It's always $50. That's why I was like, did he even have $50? No, because all the neighbors said that he never brought home groceries ever. Like they never seen him come home with any food. None. That's so fucking weird. The whole time he lived at the Oxford Apartments. So, yeah. So then... uh he gave Smith a drink laced with seven sleeping pills and oh manually God. strangled him. He probably didn't even need to do that. He probably would have just died because um, he overdosed. Um, the following day, Dahmer purchased a Polaroid camera with which he took several pictures of Smith's body in suggestive positions before dismembering him in the bathroom. He boiled the legs, arms, and pelvis in a steel kettle with Soilex, which allowed him to then rinse the bones in his sink. He dissolved the remainder of Smith's skeleton except the skull in a container filled with acid. So he had like this, like not a small container. It was like one of those big ass barrels and it was full of acid and he would just put the stuff in there instead of taking them out and like burying them or throwing them away. Like he did. Um, he started changing because he has his own place now. So nobody gives a fuck what he's doing and he's able to do whatever he started painting the skulls, um, gray, and he started putting them next to the skull of the Anthony Sears, which is the guy that he thought was really hot. Um, and it was on a black towel inside a metal filing cabinet. So he put, he, the reason he painted them gray is because then it would make them look plastic. Oh, so okay. they look like they were fake, you know, cause I mean, people have skulls. We have some skulls in here for Halloween and stuff like that. Right. So it's not unusual to see that in people's houses, but if they're real, it's like it's a problem. <laughs> yeah, so that's why he was trying to make him look fake in case someone came in. He had no friends. Nobody's visiting this guy, right? Like, so I don't know why he did that, but um, then a week after, um, he lured another young man to his apartment. But on this case, occasion, he accidentally drank the drink <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a taste of your own mess. Yeah, he accidentally drank the drink. Um, and when he woke up, he discovered that the victim stole several items of his clothing, $300, and a watch. And he never oh, reported this incident God. to the police. Oh, well, um, yeah. But he did tell his probation officer he was robbed. But I'm like, how dumb you gotta be that you drink your own drink. Like, you're trying to drug somebody, you drug oh, your damn self. God. He's like, he didn't die. Because, like, <laughs> what if he would have OD'd or something? Well, then we wouldn't have had any more kills. Touche. Touche. Um, <laughs> fucking idiot. I didn't even know about that. I didn't even hear that. In all the interviews, he never said that. It must be in the confession. <laughs> it is. Um, so on June 1990, 
Dahmer lured a 27-year-old acquaintance named Edward Smith to his apartment. He drugged and strangled Smith. On this occasion, rather than immediately acidifying the, or like putting the skeleton in acid or whatever, um, or bleaching, which he norm, which had rendered the previous victim's skulls brittle, brittle, Dahmer placed Smith's skeleton in the freezer for several months in the hope that it would not retain moisture. Freezing the skeleton did not remove the moisture, and the skeleton of this victim would be put in acid several months later. Dahmer accidentally destroyed the skull when he placed it in the oven to dry, a process that caused the skull to explode. Dahmer himself was to later inform police that he felt rotten about Smith's murder because he was unable to keep any parts of the body. So basically it was worthless. Like Jesus. the murder did not gain anything. So he felt bad about it because it was like basically, oh, that was for nothing, you know, um, which is, um, there's a little section right there. which is fucked up. It's on your computer. Too. Oh, so he said that, um, let's see. It was like part of like him recalling his uh, motivations for photographing, f- f- photographing, <laughs> photographing the victims and keeping um, sections of their skeletal structure, he said it was my way of remembering their appearance, their physical beauty. I also wanted to keep, if I couldn't keep them there with me whole, I could at least keep their skeletons. So he was like trying to keep people close to him. Um, and then let's see. So, less than three months later, um, he found a 22-year-old Chicago native named Ernest Miller on the corner of North 27th Street. Miller agreed to accompany Dahmer to his apartment for $50. <laughs> why? There's the $50. Why wouldn't man. it be 100 bucks? Like, why right? wouldn't he change it up a little? Right. It's always $50. Um, like, Jesus. Yeah. Like, like, I'm change sorry. It. Prostitutes nowadays are like... <laughs> $50, you got me fucked up. I'll look at you for $50. Right? You can hold my pinky for $50. Right. So, for $50 and further agreed to allow him to listen to his heart and stomach. When Dahmer attempted to perform oral sex on Miller, he was informed that'll cost you extra. Um, And then Dahmer gave him a drink laced with two sleeping pills. On this occasion, he only had two sleeping pills to give the victim. Therefore, um, he killed Miller by slashing his carotid artery with the same knife he used to dissect the victim's bodies. Jesus. Yeah, Miller bled to death within minutes. Dahmer then posed the news body for various suggestive Polaroid photographs before placing the body in his bathtub for dismemberment. Dahmer repeatedly kissed and talked with a severed head while he dismembered the remainder of the body. When you look at him, he doesn't seem like the guy that would do that. Is he like is he like recreating the William Shakespeare thing? That's what I think. Well, yeah, to be or, or not, not to, to be. be. <laughs> that like is the question. And then uh, he wrapped oh. Miller's heart, uh, biceps, and portions of flesh from the legs in plastic bags and placed them in the fridge for later consumption. So he was going to eat them. Um, he boiled the remaining flesh and organs into a jelly-like substance using Soylex, which again enabled him to rinse the flesh off the skeleton, which he wanted to keep. So to pervert, preserve the skeleton, he placed the bones in light bleach solution for 24 hours before allowing them to dry upon a cloth for one week. The severed head was initially placed in the refrigerator before also being stripped of flesh, then painted and coated with enamel. So I'm wondering if 
when he's doing this process, he's not out looking for other victims because obviously if he brings them back to their apartment, they see bones everywhere. Right. That's going to cause a problem. Right, because then they're going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah. So then three weeks after the murder of Ernest Miller on September 24th, Dahmer encountered 22-year-old man named David Thomas at the Grand Avenue Mall and pursued him, persuaded him to return to his apartment for a few drinks with additional money on offer if he would pose for photos. In his statement to the police after his arrest, Dahmer stated that after giving Thomas a drink with sedatives, he did not feel attracted to him, but was afraid to allow him to wake up in case he would be angry for having been drugged. Therefore, he strangled him and dismembered the body, intentionally retaining no parts whatsoever. He did photograph the dismemberment process and kept the photos, which later aided in Thomas's subsequent identification. I forgot something. When Dahmer lived in his grandma's house, though, Mm-hmm. There was this box and his dad found it and it had a lock on it and he told him he wanted him to open it and he said no and he like started freaking the fuck out Be- and he said then like I'm going to go and open it myself and he's like okay fine I'll open it tomorrow but it's because there was a head in there. Right it was a fucking Sears head. Yeah. And it's because genitals. Because the fucking uh, the dad thought it was just like pornographic stuff like right whatever, like nudie mags and stuff. And he didn't want it around his mom. And he was like, that's fucking gross, like blah, blah. So he did open it and it was just nudie mags. But actually Dahmer said, he's like, I was freaking out. He's like, I was like, he can't see that. There was a whole fucking head in there. Exactly. So anyway, sorry, side note. Um, (laughs) But I find it funny that because he didn't find the guy fucking, uh, attractive that he didn't keep anything because he only kept things that he felt attracted to but since he returned re- he got him to go back to the apartment why did he even try if he didn't like him right if he you know what i mean him in the- oh. yeah well maybe it was just like opportunity yeah or something i don't know but anyways so then he went about five months without killing anyone but he would try to lure men to the apartment he just wasn't able to um, he also said he had um, anxiety and depression um, when he talked to his probation officer throughout 1990 with frequent re- references to his sexuality, his solitary lifestyle, and financial difficulties. On several occasions, he is also um, known to have harboring suicidal thoughts. So February 1991, Dahmer observed a 17-year-old named Curtis Strotter standing at a bus stop near Marquette. University. According to Dahmer, he lured Slaughter Strotter into his apartment with an offer of money for posing for nude photos. With the added incentive of sexual intercourse, Dahmer drugged and strangled Strotter with a leather strap, then dismembered him with Dahmer retaining the youth's skull, hands, and genitals, and photographing each stage of the dismembered process. Then less than two months later, on April 7th, it, um, Dahmer encountered a 19-year-old named Errol Lindsay, walking to get a key cut. Lindsay was um, a straight male. Um, Dahmer lured him to his apartment where he drugged him, drilled a hole in his skull, and poured hydrochloric acid into it. According to Dahmer, Lindsay woke up after the experiment, which Dahmer had conceived in hope of inducing a permanent, unresistant, submissive state. Um, And he said, quote, I have a headache. What time is it? In response to this, Dahmer again drugged Lindsay, then strangled him. He decapitated Lindsay and retained his skull. He then flayed um, Lindsay's body, placing the skin in a solution of cold water and salt for several weeks in the hopes of permanently retaining it. 
Reluctantly, Dahmer disposed of Lindsay's skin when he noted that it became too frayed and brittle. So um, the reason that he was doing that whole pouring shit in the skull is he was trying to make a zombie. Yeah. Like, he wanted people to be just do whatever he wanted but not talk, <laughs> not be coherent. He wanted a relationship of someone that was basically a deaf mute right. and had literally no objection to anything. And didn't yeah. want to actually satisfy any needs of their own. Just his. So, which, that's fucked up to wake up to that. Like, God. I Right? You wake up and you got acid in your fucking yeah. brain? Jesus. So, by this time, um, in 91, the residents of the Oxford Apartments started complaining to the manager about the smells that were coming from apartment 213. In addition to the sounds of falling objects and occasional sound of a chainsaw, um, they did ask or talk to Dahmer in response to the complaints on several occasions. Although Dahmer initially excused the odors emanated from his apartment as being caused by his freezer was broken, he said his food got like basically spoiled and that he would replace the fridge as soon as he could. On later occasions, he informed um, the manager that the reason for the odor was that several of his tropical fish had recently died and he would take care of the matter on the afternoon of may 26 91 Dahmer encountered a 14 year old named conorick don't know synthesimone on wisconsin avenue he approached the youth with an offer of money to accompany him to his apartment to post for polaroid pictures there was a lot of peas according to Dahmer. Um, Connerick, the younger, oh yeah, so Dahmer molested that boy in 1988. Right. And this kid happens to be that boy's little fucking brother. Jesus Christ. Like, what are the chances? So, he didn't know that, obviously. And he found out after the fact. Yeah. Well, he found out once he confessed. So, initially, the kid, um, didn't want to go. And then he changed his mind and decided to go. Um, and the youth posed for two pictures in his underwear. And then Dahmer drugged him into unconsciousness and performed oral sex on him. On this occasion, Dahmer drilled a single hole into his skull through which he injected hydrochloric acid into the frontal lobe. Um, the frontal lobe if is like the one... Um, fuck. What does it do? Like, there's... It's like the one that controls impulse, I believe. I think so, yeah. Um, so before he was unconscious, Dahmer led the boy into his bedroom, and there was a body of 31-year-old Tony Hughes, who Dahmer had killed three days earlier, naked on the floor. Um, and Dahmer said he believed, he, he said, quote, that he believed that Conorak saw the body end quote, but did not react to seeing the bloated corpse because obviously the effects of the sleeping pills and the hydrochloric acid in his skull. Um, and then he became unconscious and Dahmer drank several beers and laid next to him before leaving his apartment to go drink at a bar and then purchase more alcohol. So in the early morning hours of May 27th, Dahmer returned to his apartment to discover um, that the kid was outside naked on the corner of 25th and state talking to um talking in lao because he was uh leo is it laotian 
Oh, no, he was Laos. He was a Laos. Yeah. He was Laos, from Laos. He was talking with three women. So there's um, some people say that they were 17. Some people say that they were 18. But they were girls, and they were outside, and they seen him, and he was naked. And so they ran up to him, and they seen that he was bleeding and stuff from his butt. And that obviously he had a hole in his head. Mm -hmm. So they ran up to him, and he was talking to them. Um, and they had called the cops. So Dahmer showed up and was telling the girls that um, the kid was his friend and attempted to grab the kid. And the women were like, no, like, you're not fucking taking him. Right. We already called the cops. He's hurt. Um, then the cops got there and Dahmer calmed down um, and he said, hey, this is my 19 year old boyfriend. Um, he had too much to drink and they got in a fight. And that he acted like that sometimes when he was intoxicated. Now, by this time, um, the kid was so, like, affected by the sleeping pills and the hydrochloric right. acid that he couldn't speak. So, like, he wasn't able to say anything to the cops or to say, no, that's not true or anything at all. And right. nobody even knows if the dude understood English. He was basically incapacitated. Yeah. And so... Um, the three women were like, no, dude, like, he's bleeding from his ass. And he was trying to get away from Dahmer. Right. And so they were like, no, and this is a kid. This is not 19. Mm -hmm. He's a little boy. And the officer told the girls to butt out and shut the hell up. And those are quotes. And not to interfere, adding the incident was domestic. Jesus. So the cops said, okay, well, they were concerned enough that they're like, well, I'll walk him back over there. And they went inside um, the apartment, um, he showed them pictures of the kid naked in sexual acts that he had taken. And he was like, they were asking for proof that he lived there and stuff like that. Right. Um, he said that what's fucking retarded is that he, the, the cops are peeking around. There's a dead body in the bedroom. Right. And that, the officer just peeked his head around the bedroom, but didn't really take a good look. Like, okay, there's a guy bleeding from his ass and his fucking head. Drunk. You're walking yeah. him back to these, this guy's house, and you go inside, and you're not really checking around. And there's girls that are saying no. He's, like, trying to get away from him. Right. And you don't take the time to look? Like, what the fuck? So... The officers left and said, take good care of him. And they made jokes about them being gay and whatever. If they had done a background check on him, they would have found out he was a child molester. And he was on probation. Um, the cops left and Dahmer again put hydrochloric acid into um, the kid's brain. On this section occasion, the injection, injection killed him. Um, the following day, May 28th, Dahmer took a day's leave from work and devoted himself to dismembering the bodies of Synthesmone and Hughes. He retained both victims' skulls. Um, on June 30th, Dahmer went to Chicago, and he found a 20-year-old named Matt Turner at a bus station. And Turner accepted Dahmer's offer to travel to Milwaukee for a professional photo shoot. At Dahmer's apartment... He drugged, strangled, and dismembered Turner and placed his head and internal organs in separate plastic bags in the freezer. 
Um, Turner was never reported missing. Five days later, on July 5th, Dahmer lured a 23-year-old Jeremiah Winneberger from a Chicago bar to his apartment on the promise of spending the weekend with him. He drugged him and um, twice injected boiling water through the skull, sending him into a coma from which he died two days later. Jesus. Yeah. On July 15th, so he's like amped up. Um, He's going fucking crazy. Yeah. He encountered a 24-year-old Oliver Lacey at the corner of 27th and Kilburn. Lacey agreed to Dahmer's ruse of posing for nude photographs and accompanied him to the apartment where the pair engaged in um, some sexual activity before he drugged Lacey. On this occasion, Dahmer intended to prolong the time he spent with Lacey while he was alive. After unsuccessfully attempting to render Lacey unconscious with chloroform, he phoned his workplace to request a day's absence, which they let him, and the next day he was suspended. Um, after strangling Lacey, Dahmer had sex with the corpse before dismembering him. He placed Lacey's head and heart in the refrigerator and skeleton in the freezer. Four days later, on July 19th, Dahmer received word that he was fired. Upon receipt of this news, Dahmer lured 25-year-old Joseph Bredehoff to his apartment. Bredehoff was strangled and left lying on Dahmer's bed covered with a sheet for two days. On July 21st, Dahmer removed these sheets to find... The head was covered in maggots. Ew. So sick. Um, and then he decapitated the body, cleaned the head, and placed it in the fridge. He later put um, the torso in acid along with those of two other victims killed within the previous month. What the fuck just happened? Um, so on July 22nd, 1991, Dahmer went to three men with an offer of $100 this time. For three guys oh, wow. to accompany him to his apartment to post for news photos, drink beer, and just keep him company. One of them, um, which was 32-year-old Tracy Edwards, agreed to go. So he went to Dahmer's apartment and he noted a foul odor and several boxes of hydrochloric acid on the floor, which Dahmer used um, or claimed that he was using for cleaning bricks. After some minor conversation, Edwards responded to Dahmer's request to turn his head and view his tropical fish where Dahmer placed a handcuff on his wrist, and Edwards asked what's happening. Dahmer unsuccessfully attempted to cuff his wrists together, then told Edwards to accompany him to the bedroom to pose for the pictures. In the bedroom, though, Edwards noted nude male posters on the wall with a videotape of The Exorcist 3 was playing. That's fucking creepy. Right. Um, and there was a 57-gallon drum in the corner, which a strong odor emanated, which was acid. Um, he pulled out, a, uh, Dahmer pulled out a knife and informed Edwards that he was going to take nude pictures of him. And in an attempt to like, please Dahmer, Edwards unbuttoned his shirt. But what he said was that, um, when they took him in the room that he was trying to get out of the bedroom. And so he's like, oh, it's so hot in here. Like, let's go back in the living room, you know, where the air conditioner is right. and, like unbuttoned his shirt, like trying to just be like teasing him basically. Um, and he said, if you take the handcuffs off and put the knife away, then you could take the pictures. So Dahmer turned, uh, started watching TV, and Edwards observed Dahmer rocking back and forth and chanting before turning his attention back to him. So he was like in a trance, basically. And he put his head on Edwards' chest and listened to his heartbeat. And the knife was pressed against him, and he said, I will eat your heart. Um, and then he 
was trying to basically get him to stop, like not attack him. And he's, he's like, Hey bro, like I'm your friend, you know, I'm not going to run away. I'm going to stay here. And so Edwards decided at that time he was going to like jump out of a window or something <laughs> um, as soon or run out the door or something. Right. And so Edwards said he needed to use the bathroom and, um, he asked if they could sit with a beer in the living room because it was air conditioned. And Dahmer said, okay. And they walked back in the living room and Edwards exited the bedroom or the bathroom inside the living room. Edwards waited until he observed Dahmer having a momentary lapse of concentration, which the chanting and all that. And then he asked right. if he could use the bathroom again and he got up from the couch and um, Dahmer was not holding the handcuffs. So Edwards punched him in the face. <laughs> knocked him off balance and ran out the front door. So it was 11:30, and he flagged down uh, two Milwaukee police officers at the corner. And the officers noted that Edwards had a handcuff attached to his wrist. Um, Edwards explained that there was a freak that placed handcuffs on him and asked if the police would remove them. And the cops couldn't do it because the handcuff key didn't fit. <laughs> so they took him back to the apartment. I would be mm. so fucking scared. Right. <clears throat> Um, I guess he was in the apartment a total of five hours before he escaped. So, like, that's a long time. That's longer than normal for Dahmer. Yeah, because he normally does it, like, right after they come back. So, I wonder if he was just, like, in a trance or something. But Dahmer invited him inside. Like, just come in. And he was drunk as fuck. Like, super fucking drunk that day. And he said that he... Sometimes when he would get too drunk, he didn't really know what was going on. And so, like, he was very, yes, 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 you know? Yeah, yeah, you can come in. Yeah. I got nothing to hide. I'm super, I'm super fucked up right now. Right. So. Jesus. They came inside, um, and they said that they wanted to take the handcuffs off, obviously. And he said, yeah, that he had put the handcuffs on him, but he didn't say why he did that. And Edward said, um, Dahmer also had a knife. You know, Dahmer made no comment. He just didn't say anything. And he told one of the officers that the handcuff key was inside the dresser in the bedroom. So they all start walking in the bedroom. Yeah. Dahmer attempted to uh, pass Mueller to himself to retrieve the key. And the second officer said, back off. In the bedroom, Mueller noted that there was a large knife on the bed. He also saw an open drawer which contained scores of Polaroid pictures, many of which were human bodies in various stages of dismemberment. Mueller noted the decor indicated that they had been taken in the very apartment in which they were standing. He walked in the living room to show them to his partner, uttering the words, these are for real. When Dahmer saw that Mueller was holding several of the Polaroids, he fought with the officers in an effort to resist arrest. The officers overpowered him, handcuffed him behind his back, and called a second squad car for backup. Um, at this point, Mueller opened the refrigerator. I find it weird. Why are they opening the fridge? Right. Like, even maybe that lady, that lady that smelled it, body was in the fridge. You know? Or oh, that yeah, yeah. guy's body was in the fridge. Like, yeah, what made husband's... them look in there? I want to know. Right. I want to know. But he opened the fridge. Weird. Like, he goes from seeing these pictures, and then he's like, hey, let me check the fridge. Yeah, like. You got anything to eat? Normal, it seems right? weird. But he opened the fridge and fucking, uh, let's see, where am I at? And he found a, the freshly severed head of a black male on the bottom shelf. Um, and Dahmer was on the floor, pinned 
by uh, one of the cops, and he turned his head towards the officers and said, quote, for what I did, I should be dead. So because he got caught, obviously, whatever. So a more detailed search of the apartment conducted by the Criminal Investigation Bureau, so um, they revealed a total of four severed heads in the kitchen, seven skulls, some painted, some bleached, so severed heads means that there was skin attached, hair right. attached. And then there were skulls, um, some were that, that were painted, some that were bleached in his bedroom and inside a closet. And they discovered collected blood drippings on a tray at the bottom of his refrigerator, plus two human hearts and a portion of arm muscle, which was the bicep, which he had eaten. Mm-hmm. Um, and each were wrapped inside plastic bags upon the shelves. In Dahmer's freezer, the investigators discovered an entire torso, plus a bag of human organs and flesh stuck to the ice at the bottom. Um, they also found two entire skeletons, a pair of severed hands, two severed preserved penises, a mummified scalp, and in the 57-gallon drum, three further dismembered torsos dissolving in the acid solution. A total of 74 Polaroid pictures detailing dismemberment of Dahmer's victims were found in reference to the discovery of body parts and artifacts. Um, the chief medical examiner stated it was more like dismantling someone's museum than an actual crime scene. Jesus. Yeah. So, um, obviously, he confessed. And I'm not going to go into the confession because we already talked about that all throughout this. Yeah. Um, he was Charged with four counts of first-degree murder um, on July 25th, 1991. By August 22nd, he had been charged with further 11 murders committed in the state of Wisconsin. On September 14th, investigators in Ohio, having uncovered hundreds of bone fragments in wooded area behind um, the address in which he had confessed to killing his first victim, formally identified two molars and vertebrae with x-ray records of Stephen Hicks. So it wasn't he, they found actual evidence that he was killed too. Three days later, Dahmer was charged by authorities in Ohio with the murder of Stephen Hicks. Um, what's weird is that they did not charge him with attempted murder of Tracy Edwards or the Stephen of, or the murder of Stephen Toomey. He was not charged with Toomey's murder because Milwaukee County District Attorney only brought charges where the murder could be proven beyond a reasonable doubt. And Dahmer had no memory of actually killing Toomey. Right. So, um, but that sucks for his family. Um, there was a scheduled preliminary hearing and Dahmer pled guilty but insane to 15 counts of murder. Um, so his trial began January 30th, 1992. But by pleading guilty on January 13th, the charges to, brought against him, um, so it was 15 counts, first-degree murder, he waived his rights to trial but uh, to establish guilt. Um, and then, let's see. I'm trying to read through this because we've already been talking forever. Um, let's see. He got charged with, or he got, where the hell was his? Oh, yeah. Wasn't it, like, how much fucking years did he get? 900 and something. It was, like, 900 and something years. But anyways, while he was in prison, he did find Jesus. He became a born-again Christian. Um, And then, I guess he was a good person in there, which they always are. 
But uh, in July 1994, a fellow inmate tried to kill him with a razor in a toothbrush, but it didn't work. And he wasn't seriously hurt. And then um, he already said he wanted to die. But he was on a work detail on November 28, 1994. And there were two other inmates, too. And they all left, and they were unsupervised um, in the showers. And at 8.10 in the morning, Dahmer was discovered on the floor of the bathrooms of the gin, suffering from extreme head and facial wounds. There was also another kit, another guy that was beaten too. And so, um, he was transported to the hospital, but Dahmer was dead an hour later. Um, that the other kid, the other guy was beaten with the same instrument and he died too late, two days later. So he ended up getting what he deserved in the end. Yeah. You know, and, uh, killing 17 men. And I mean, it's pretty fucked up. Yeah. And he offers, no excuses. He just says what he did and why he did it. And right. they, um, his mom wanted his brain to be studied and his dad did not. And they had actually trial. And I, I believe that, um, if I'm not mistaken, that they did actually keep his brain and study it. I think they did. Yeah. So, um, yeah, guys, this was Dahmer. A long ass one. <laughs> it was long, but I told you it's, he killed a lot of people. 17 people's a lot. Yeah. A lot of fucking people. But, um, yeah, so I know we've been on here forever, but this is probably the longest podcast we've done yet. But I feel like it was super important to get the details out because it yeah. had so much of what he actually said. Um, and we've commented and uh, figured out all of the other extra shit that was going on along the way instead yeah. of like so we super informative shit guys yeah exactly um, if we missed anything let us know yeah there is a book called a father's story by Lionel Dahmer you can get it on Amazon if you want there's multiple movies um I haven't watched any movies but I have have you yeah. what is, what is it called I watched the I think I watched the first one that ever came out with it I think it's just called Dahmer or whatever yeah oh yeah that's right I, I think have, I did I watch, think I'm that. watch that one um there's lots of uh, documentaries. There's a interview with Stone Phillips that you definitely need to check out. There's also a book called My Friend Dahmer. Um, I haven't looked too they much also into made it. Into a movie, yeah, from Netflix. Yeah, there is a Netflix on right now. But um, anyways, guys, I'm sorry that we took so long. Yeah, <laughs> but there's lots of information here, and if there's um, if you guys want a follow up or anything, let us know. But um, anyways, we will be back on Tuesday with a brand new uh, mini episode of some yeah. sort. We don't know what we're doing. Um, maybe fan episode. Who knows? Maybe. Um, we have another request for a fan episode. Did you know? Oh, we did? Yeah. For what? One of Linnell's friends, actually. She's a new fan of ours, and she is, like, so interested, and she wants to be on with us and talk about that murder of that little girl. Murder of the little girl. The little girl that we did last week. That we talked about her missing and whatever the fuck. She was on vacation. Oh. Anyways, because she has like a whole bunch of information about it. And so I'm like, whatever, I'm down. I'm down. So um, anyways, guys, we're going to get out of here because it is late, 10 o'clock. And um, Lynn has work. I don't. Ha! Yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> but yeah, so anyways, um, 
yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you guys on Tuesday. I hope you have a good work week. Um, Mondays always suck, but I don't have to deal with it because I don't work. Lucky um, but anyways, peace out guys. Uh, this is speaking of murder. Bye guys. I was like, are you going to say bye? Yeah. <laughs>